Well, good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, everyone. Amen. This is Pastors Lester Sharon Hayes this morning. Amen. Coming to you this morning, greet you with in the awesome, incredible, amazing name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We thank the Lord this morning for this new day that he has made, that we should gather together on one accord this morning, one voice crying out to him this morning, amen, in his awesome, incredible, amazing name, to seek his face this morning, to learn about the revelations of Jesus Christ, things that were written for our learning, that we may be able to know him more personally uh, because we are being tested every day. Our faith is being tested. We're also being tempted, but we know God tempts no man, nor is he tempted by that which is evil. But we know that we are tested, our faith, that we may be able to prove to God that we do know him according to what the scriptures have taught us. And we need these revelations to be opened up and revealed to us and to go into them in depth if we need to. Every precept, every book, every chapter, line upon line, precept upon precept, and pull out these, these references, amen, that we may expand our base of knowledge and wisdom and understanding that we may have a good practical spiritual application of the word of God, these tests, amen, to prove to God that we do know him. And it becomes easier to make him known to others when we know him, amen, according to what the scripture teaches us, that which we've heard, that which we've learned, that have been provided from the beginning, because in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God, amen. And so Jesus Christ was the living word of God. He is the living word of God, and he'll always be the living word of God, amen. And so the word that we that we have on these pages that we're about to open up, reveals who he really is that we may be more intimately acquainted with him and not just know of him but to really know him and to know him is to serve and obey him and to keep his commandments and so it's what it's all about it's all about jesus Uh, he came in the volume of the book amen and uh, we want to know him that we might be able to help others know him as we prove to him according to the scriptures that we know him thereby we might grow in the wisdom and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, especially as we're coming up on celebrating the resurrections uh, of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the Passover, amen, him being the Passover lamb, amen, meaning that because of Jesus Christ's blood that the death angel passed over, amen, and did not touch or harm or cause death to anyone that had went inside the building where the blood of Jesus was applied to, the, the, the mantle, the, the side post, the vertical door post of the place where they were gathered as they consumed the lamb that night while the death angel was passing over. And we're going to celebrate that because it was through that death, that burial, that resurrection, which is the basis for the gospel, that we have salvation today. We have forgiveness of sin today. And it's important that we understand that it's not about Easter, the pagan holiday we're celebrating it's about Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior, his death, his burial, and his resurrection. Amen. And because of him, we now have resurrection and life because he gives life. Amen. And the blood of Jesus is still yet today making an atonement for us. Amen. Because the life of the flesh is still in the blood, according to the book of Leviticus, chapter 17, verse 11. So it's these revelations that were written for our learning, again, like we that we may know him, amen, and it's being unveiled to us. All of those who seek him will find him when we seek him with all of our heart, our mind, our soul, and our strength. And that's why we're here this morning at the Creating a Prayer Culture for God, 
uh, amen, to learn things uh, that were written for our learning, again, that we might know him, know that we have eternal life through him, and not to know him, we're already condemned, and then to believe on him, we now have eternal life, or we have a right to the tree of life by knowing Jesus Christ. We know the pathway forward. We know how to travel the highway. We know how to avoid the bumps, the pitfalls, and the stop signs, the yield signs, and the curves in the road, and go straight to Jesus. Amen. Cutting it straight, studying to show ourselves approved, a workman who need not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth this morning. So we give God all the praise. We give him all the glory. We give him all the honor. Again, this is Pastor's Lesson and Sharon Hayes here on this Monday morning, March the 28th, 2022, as we're continuously building a future of optimal overall wellness, physical wellness, spiritual wellness, financial wellness, emotional wellness, amen, occupational wellness, environmental wellness, and social wellness. This is all part of it, amen, as we build. These are the tools and these are the ways and these are the how-tos of how we build. It starts with the basic knowledge of who Jesus is, amen. He is the foundation. His gospel is a foundation that, that has already been laid. We don't need to create no new gospel. We already have the gospel. That is the foundation, the teaching of the apostles and the prophets for our learning. Amen. Written for our learning. I love that. Amen. And so we give God praise going on this morning. So let's pray. Father, we just come this morning in the awesome, incredible, amazing name of our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. We honor you this morning. We give you all the praise this morning. We give you all the glory this morning. Lord God, just have your way this morning. Speak to our hearts and our minds this morning. We open up your word this morning. Give us ears to hear this morning, Lord God. Hearts to uh, receive, Lord God, thy word this morning, Lord God. And we just thank you for our lives being conformed to the things of God, the teaching this morning. Let it resonate with us, O oh Lord God. Let us take this word this morning and hide it in our hearts that we sin not against you. Thank you for sending your word, Lord God, to give us life. Thank you for sending your word to revive us and give us life because at the entrance of your word, Lord, we receive light, the light of the gospel. Let it shine forth to us that we may be able to behold and see wondrous things from your plan of salvation. We thank you for Jesus Christ, the living word of God, the incarnated word of God made flesh, dwelling among us, full of grace and full of truth. And they did not recognize him, but we recognize him today by the scripture. And we give you all the praise, the glory, and honor, Lord God, for what our eyes are about to see, our hearts are about to receive, and our ears are about to hear about our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the revelation of the Bible, Lord God, of the Scriptures, Lord God. He is the volume. He came in the volume of the book, Lord God, from Genesis to Revelation, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, throughout the pages, throughout the, the books, the chapters, the verses, the precepts, line upon line, we learn revelations about our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, Lord God. How to concealed in the Old Testament, but revealed in the New Testament. And we thank you this morning that by your spirit this morning, Lord God, we will be taught, Lord God, the revelations of Jesus Christ. We give you praise. We give you glory. We give you honor for it now. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. And so we're going to pick up our study this morning. <clears throat> amen. We uh, left off on Thursday night. We were talking about, uh, in the book of First John, chapter 3, uh, verse 17, amen. Uh, and it reads, uh, but whosoever hath the world's good and seeth his brother in need, a and shutteth up his bowels of compassion from him, meaning that person that have a need, how dwelleth the love of God in him? And in essence, what this verse is saying to us, uh, love is showing compassion. It gives, uh, always giving, it's always forward giving. 
to meet the needs of those people that are in need. You have poor people with us, always going to be with us. We have hurting people, sick people, homeless people. Uh, I thank the Lord for the new the new mayor that they have in uh, up in uh, New York, former police chief, uh, doing a lot of uh, reforming some systems up there. And one of the things that impressed me about him, uh, they do have a serious problem with the with the uh, relationship between the you know the community, the residents, and the police. But he has a, a another focus too: is to clean the streets up of all the homeless people that are on the streets up there. That's that's like an epidemic. And a lot of those people are being targeted uh, by some of the residents, you know, beating these people up, shooting these people, killing these people. So they have a serious problem there. And his, and his focus now is to put into some place, some systems to eliminate homelessness. I remember when I uh, was in college at Thomas University and I used to be a, a representative at the uh, at the uh veterans uh fair they used to have out here to to eliminate homelessness in Tallahassee and in, in, in Florida really the state of Florida and uh I was able to go out there and represent TU and man they had over 4000 homeless people at the time and the goal was to try to eliminate that and have a zero balance and they achieved that goal at one point now I understand it, it is beginning to go back up again because of the times we're living in. You know, sometimes people just can't afford housing. They can't afford certain amenities, amen, basic essentials. And so they go into homelessness because it's a cheaper way to live, amen. But I thank God, you know, for that compassion that people have for other people, homeless people, you know, widows, orphans, you know, and right now in Ukraine, uh, <clears throat> Poland and some of those other countries over there doing some tremendous human uh, human rights work you know basic people have a basic right to have the basic essentials of life and uh, thank god for some of those surrounding nato countries who feel that the, the need feel have the compassion to open up their borders over a million people in that one place poland you know and other surrounding uh, nato countries opening up their borders and when i saw those numbers man of how many uh, uh, refugees and immigrants are fl flooding to those places and they're just opening up their homes and whatnot. This is, to me, compassion, you know, unselfish people who are willing to open up their homes and share and take on these families who are fleeing from aggression and, 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 and you know, and, and war and, and, and humanitarian crises over in Ukraine. And so this is a beautiful picture for the this segment of what we're studying right now, uh, talking about, you know, that, that love which you know shows compassion and it gives to the need of others beautiful picture beautiful illustration i i, I i'm sad and bad and burdened that it comes at the cost of war to a, a, a people that's that's you know that's just trying to fight for their basic respect to exist as a sovereign nation you know and and build their you know their their their, their lives their livelihoods and it's been disrupted by a selfish person amen and uh, there are those, though, who are unselfish. And so we looked at some examples of selfishness in the last lesson. Uh, we talked about, you know, how do we overcome uh, selfishness according to the Bible. So if there's ever to be compassion and people giving to the need of people, they're going to have to find themselves separated from any selfish acts or behavior. Amen. And we define selfishness. And uh, one of the things I thought was very interesting when I was doing the research on this, talking about selfishness, was something that um, Mr. Billy Graham, God bless his soul, uh, 
uh, had said a statement he had said when he talked about being selfish. He said selfish pride is pride that leads to sin. And we can see that right now is what Ukraine is dealing with. You got a selfish leader, dictator there, you know, authoritarian type leader, all about self, you know, loaded down with nihilism, you know. And, he, you know, the scripture said, you know, uh, there is a relationship between the spirit of pride and the spirit of selfishness. If you're full of pride, it eventually leads to selfish acts and selfish behavior. No wonder God says, I hate pride and arrogance. Uh, evil behavior and perverse speech. That's in the book of Proverbs, chapter eight, verse thirteen, the King James Bible. In other words, what he's saying that through that through the, through the book of Proverbs is that you can tell where there's pride based on the behavior. You know, you can when people become selfish, you better believe the root of it is there's some pride there somewhere. And the Bible also warns us about pride because the, the Bible says in the book of Proverbs, chapter sixteen, now verse eighteen, the King James Bible, it says pride goes before destruction a haughty spirit before fall, you know? And so we know, we know the root of it, man. It's got to be an element of seed of pride in there. And it, the, the fruit is selfishness, you know? And so just the opposite of that, when there's love and compassion in a person's heart, then we can love because God loved us because we have, a, we have the ability given to us. And if the spirit of God is in us, then we have the spirit of God which is God with us, who can produce love in us, because that's one of the fruit of his spirit. And so we looked at all of that and we talked about, you know, the shotgun type, you know, the type of uh, selfishness, you know, selfish people uh, been labeled as shotgun talking about is basically a type of person who always needs needs uh, the best uh, out of everything. You know, they're always thinking about themselves. Uh, then there's that hoarder, you know, talking about this, this, uh, that probably the most harmless type uh, out of all of the, the ones I gave you the other day. And then you got the she, he devil, you know, that type of selfishness uh, is very dangerous, you know, always he or she, never we or us, you know. And then you got the inconsiderate, just don't think about nobody but self. And then the self-loathing, everything you're doing, it's about you, it ain't about nobody else never was and never never is and then we have the self-obsessed set with yourself and what you're doing and so we talked about that the last session and then uh we went on to talk about in the book of philippians chapter 2 verses 1 through 4 and uh won't go over those you already we've already gone over those and we're going to pick up this morning uh talking about how do we overcome selfishness According to the Bible, I know we could probably figure it out ourselves in our own wisdom and and, and understanding and, and, and being saved. It, it, be, it, it, it becomes easy to a lot of folks, but to some folks it, without the scripture, it becomes more difficult. And so we always want to build on the word, what the word says, and then ask God to help us to do the word, not just to hear the word. So how do we overcome based selfishness, that spirit of selfishness, according to the Bible, so that we can show more compassion? Uh, just give you a few things here. It says, recognize that our need for self-control. We, we went over this a few weeks ago. And we talked about self-discipline, self-control. Uh, we talked about it a lot in uh, one of the tenets of, of, of building our future of optimal of our wellness because we have to have, you know, some self-discipline, self-control when it comes down to eating, when it comes down to what we do with our bodies, our temples. <clears throat> so that kind of was, was part of the school of healing, amen, that we're learning, being able to recognize our need for self-control, self-discipline. Uh, secondly, learn how to handle 
uh, an insult. A lot of time, pride shows up when you're insulted because we tendency for the human spirit is to want to get, get revenge, want to get the last word, or want to get even. You know, we don't want to let nobody get away with nothing, you know. And so sometimes it, you know, it, it uh, it's hard to handle insults, amen, when they're coming directly at you, you know exactly who they're talking about. But, you know, Bible talks about those fiery darts, you know. We got the shield of faith to ward them off. And when we put on that whole arm of God, we can, we can handle those insults, amen, those fiery darts. Uh, thirdly, uh, let, we have to let the scriptures teach us to be self-controlled. You know, we do as much as we can do to restrain ourselves, but then there's that level of divine restraint, divine intervention, where we let the Holy Spirit, man, convict us right before we act. And he would do that. You know, he would do that. He would keep us humble. But we have to ask him for that help because he is that very present help in that time of trouble. And sometimes troubled things bother me sometimes. You know, and I want to I want to do something. I want to say something. I want to speak out. I want to, you know, but I thank God for divine restraint. I thank God that he protects us sometimes when, you know, when we need him to to help us maintain a certain level of self-control, self-discipline. And then um, one of the things I've learned over the years since, since I've been saved, <coughs> I think I heard again yesterday and maybe from somebody and it talked about yeah my daughter-in-law and my son was talking about this and they were talking about uh one of the things that they were being taught in their church with their pastor was he talked about when you got sin if you take the i out and put an o in there then you have the son and the son is kind of like die for everybody s-o-n jesus you know replaces my my will with you know with god's will and so we want to replace self with God. We want to put God in the process. You know, a lot of times we try to put the process in God, but we need to put God in the process. We need to let God rule his way of doing things, as we always say. You know, and so that means that, you know, I take self out. You know, let self die. Put self under. You know, that way you don't have to worry about self being selfish. <laughs> you know, that's, that's what leads to selfishness. When you start thinking so much on self, well, they provoke me. They wouldn't have did that, I wouldn't have did this. We're getting into now about defending self when we need to be uh, defending what Jesus did on that cross and how that applies to my life. You know, we don't have to prove who he is to nobody, but I have to prove to, to people that I've taken the I out and put the O in, meaning the son. You know, it's all about the son now. My focus is on him now, fixing my eyes on Jesus you know, is is what's taking place there. And so we have to replace self, learn to replace self with God, um, uh, with his son, Jesus. Amen. And then five, uh, let God give us kind of a calm spirit, you know. Uh, you know, you don't have to be so hot by it. You know, every, every issue don't have to be a hot, a hotbed issue, you know. You know, just fire you up, you know, just stir up all kind of anger and, and whatnot. And so we have to let God give us a peaceful spirit, and uh, stay cool, stay calm, stay collective, as we used to say. And then we learn to like the truth. That's the key right there. Sometimes the truth uh, is hard to accept. It's hard to acknowledge. It's hard to, you know, it's hard, you know. But see, the more and more you do it, you have to understand the process. When you when you start dealing in truth and speaking truth and living by truth and studying truth, and I'm talking about moral and ethical truth, go to another level of truth. We heard a statement the other day talking about the truth. A lot of young folks know the truth better than we do. Uh, and there's a lot of things out there that might be true. But we're talking about the truth, that moral and ethical truth that can only come from God. 
And Jesus was the personification of that. And he said it in the book of John, chapter 14, verse 6, King James Bible. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the light. No man comes unto the Father except by me. Now, that's the kind of truth right there that gets you to the Father. That's the quickest path to go straight to the Father. And we're all planning to be reconciled back to the Father in the resurrection to come. We know that we're there now spiritually seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. And we always fight from that position because that's a position of victory because the truth tells us that. But then there's coming a time in the future where we're all going to be resurrected, amen, and receive our heavenly reward that we may be in the presence of the Lord forever in a, in a different kind of body. One that's uh, where we've taken off corruption, where we've, in the earth realm, struggled with truth. Okay? And then, you know, we're going to put on that incorruptible. We're going to take off mortality and put on that immortality where everything will be true then. Why? Because we'll get to see the truth the way he really is. Why? We'll be just like him. And we need the truth now to take us to that place where we will receive that reward in the end. You know, in other words, if truth saved me, then truth going to keep me, and then truth going to help me get to the end to receive my reward. But I got to still build on truth. I got I to gotta practice more than ethical truth. And that's what the word is. It talks about Jesus, who is the truth. It builds us up in Jesus, who is the truth. So it builds us up in the truth, you know, so that we not chase a lie or believe a lie. Too many people right now are calling a lie truth and, and the truth a lie, which is what the Bible said. It told us the truth about we would see that in the end times, in these last days. But there'll be those who call right, wrong, and wrong, right. That's what he's talking about, you know. And so we want to be able to learn to like the truth. I'll say love the truth. You know, because if you love Jesus, you're loving the truth. You know, and he said, how can you say you love me and not do my commandments, not keep my commandments? Keep the truth. Everything he said is truth, you know, and uh, he is the truth. And then uh, we choose self-control over quitting. <laughs> A lot of times people, man, when it gets hot, they just want to quit. When it gets difficult, they want to quit. When it gets hard, they want to quit. You know, they think, uh, well, it's my right if I want to. Okay, well, you, you you quit on God. What do you think God going to do on you? I mean, he's still going to be God for all those who not who don't want to quit but want to press on to the, what is the high calling of God in Christ Jesus, that mark that's been set before. But for quitters, man, they never win. And that's an old proverb that I've been hearing all my life. Quitters never win and winners never quit. And that's got a lot of ring of, of merit of truth to it, you know. And, and, and I say sometimes God did not save us for us to quit. You know, not until the battle is over. You know, the victory is already won, so why is, why is there a need for me to quit? But I have to endure to the end to receive my crown, to receive my victory. I'm talking about the ultimate victory now. Right now, these are, you know, these positive, these are, these are but light afflictions now. But there's coming a future glory that's going to be revealed in the people of God. And that glory is going to be, look at what the truth did. It, 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 it allowed you to work out your salvation with fear and trembling and endure to the end to see what the end was going to be. That's what the truth will do. It'll deliver you to the place that God has planned for you. Remember he said to give you a hope in the future? Remember he said, I went away to prepare a place for you and I'm coming back? That was the truth talking. You know, when you read the book of John, chapter 14, verse 6, 1 through 6, that's what he said. I went a way to prepare. The truth went a way to prepare a place for us where it would be nothing but truth. It would be no more need for the conspiracy theories, lies, you know. And we'll be able to see the truth just as he is because we'll be like him. The truth is going to deliver us to be like him. That we just hold on and do it to the end. But we got to learn how to love truth. 
Uh, we're talking moral and ethical truth. We're talking the truth that Jesus was the personification of it. And then uh, we have to choose self-control over quitting. And then we have to take an interest in someone else. That's the part right there that everything that we do, amen, away from being selfish, it should be to help someone else. Remember we talked about compassion, that love is compassionate because it gives to others the need of others, you know. And so that's, 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 that's how we overcome it, you know, uh, taking an interest in someone else, serving a cause greater than oneself. Uh, the scripture says in the book of Matthew, chapter 23, verse 4, the King James Bible, we may have went over this scripture before. It says, for they bind heavy burdens and grievous to be borne and lay them on men's shoulders, but they themselves will not move them with one of their fingers. Mm -hmm. And you do have this kind of mindset right now. There's heavy burdens being laid on people. When people have the power and the resources, man, to just at the moving of a finger on a button and, and can release all that burden from people if they decide to. Why? Because you got monarchs out there. You got you got uh, dictators out there. You got people out there that the people have empowered them to have control over their lives. And they did not bargain for the kind of control that they, they voted people to have over them. And they built massive armies to carry out putting burdens on people if the people resist, if the people rebel, if the people speak out, if the people fight for their rights, they will be in, they pass law, they'll be in court. They have placed great burdens on people just, just by the moving of their finger, man. That's how much power they have to just, you know, if they hit a little button, man, and somebody will, uh, release a nuclear weapon and blow up the, the, the whole world. Placing a burden on people, and they have they have threatened people that I have the in my finger I have the power to match this red button, mm. North Korea, Russia, you know, all these you know these, these dictators, and they've and they've used that to place a burden on people. That's all you hear now in the news. Everybody's afraid of that, except for Ukraine. They don't care. You know, they're they they're not bound by fear. They say God didn't give us no spirit of fear, the power of love and a sound mind. You know. They're not worried about that finger that can, because they're doing it now. Mm. Every time you look around, man, send that missile. That don't work. Send something else. And this person is just sitting there, man, in their office, man, a bunker, a fortified bunker, you know, deep down somewhere hiding, having no outside communication with nobody because you don't want nobody close to them, don't trust nobody, paranoid as forever. And so everything is being done, man, through just hitting the button. Got all these computer systems program to all his heads of state, to all the people that work for him that's somewhere else, these oligarchs, and all he has to do is hit this button and they know what he's talking about and they launch. It's like a computer game with, for him. One little finger and place all them burden on people, blow up stuff, you know, and will not move one finger to help nobody. You got that kind of power to destroy whole towns, cities, communities by pushing one little button and they act and you won't take that same finger and lift it and press a button to help nobody because if you do, it's going to, everything, the war will end and there's a lot of people, even the people that's carrying out your deeds want to do that. They want you to lift one finger, give them the okay and those people will stop killing their family members. Mm. You know. For they bind heavy burdens and grievous 
to be born, you know. And that word born is not talking about like born, you know, a baby being born. It's talking about giving birth to a lot of this chaos, or more chaos, adding to it. And lay them on men's shoulders. There's a lot of these, yo, general, some of these folks are resigning. Some of these oligarchs are resigning because they don't want that burden on them. Why? Some of them are their family members that you're telling them to kill. And they're tired of it. They're sick and tired of it. They don't want this war no more than anybody else that's, that's receiving the broad, you know, results of it. He don't care. Right. They've given him the power. He took the power to be able to control that. Sitting in the control tower, just hitting buttons. Do this, do this. Okay, bomb over here. Let's send this bomb, you know. Like a game. Like a game. And it's all motivated by selfishness. You know, selfish. He hadn't taken the eye out of the sun yet. I mean, and put the, put the O in there so that the sun can free him and save him just like he does anybody else. Uh, in the book of Mark, chapter 10, verse 37, King James Bible says, They said unto him, Grant unto us that we may sit one of thy right hand and the other on thy left hand in thy glory. You know, Jesus was dealing with this same type of selfish spirit when he was on earth and people saw the great things he was doing and they wanted to sit at his right hand, not knowing really what the, the, the level and the magnitude of what they was asking him. You know, you, you got a bitter cup before you. You sure you want to sit there? You can't, you can't get around drinking the bitter cup that I'm drinking, that I came to drink, I will drink. When it's my time to be crucified, you know, to get glorified, you, you sure? You know, because crucifixion and dying going to come before, you know, glorification. You know. And anybody who sits with me going to have to be a servant. You sure you ready to serve God to the point of death that you might be glorified with me? You suffer with me, now you're going to be glorified with me. They did not know what they were asking, but that's what their mother wanted for her sons. And, and any mother should want, want their, their, their sons and their daughters to be great, you know, to, to sit in, you know, high places, to be above only, not, not beneath. But when it comes down to what they're asking Jesus here, there, there is a price associated with what Jesus is, is administering to them in, re, in response to what they're asking for. And sometimes people ask for things, but they don't consider the cost. They're, they're, they're inconsiderate of how what I'm asking for going to impact others. You don't think about that. It's, it's, it's all about self. You know, they don't want to take self out and put God in. Uh, we'll give you a good example, you know, seeking first God's way of doing things that like we read in the book of Matthew, chapter 6, verse 33, the King James Bible, and let God add all the other things to you. Some people just can't wait for God to add. They're impatient. They want, they want it now. Mm. Yesterday, Lord, my microwave spirit is, is, is ministering. He's prophesying to me, Lord. You know, got to have it yesterday, you know. But it's a price to pay, you know, Jesus was telling them. And, you know, you had the rich, young, the rich young ruler came to him and said, hey, what can I do to buy this power? I got money, you know. If you think about some of them oligarchs, they didn't realize what they was bargaining for 22 years ago, Pastor when they came and my man gave them seats and he let them, you know, businesses, he put them in charge. And they never thought 22 years later, man, they'd be killing, they'd be asked to kill their family member. Mm. Now they want to give some of that stuff back. One of, one of them said, they said, man, he, he, he said they can sink his job. He don't want it. Another one, man, just gave a, a whole bunch of money to 
I think it was Poland, man, that they helped for. He, he resigned. He, he took off. And, and they're, they're dropping like flies. They don't want to have nothing else to do with this dude because the price is too steep. They done lived a life of luxury. And now, man, they're seeing this man is crazy. Can't believe we was foolish enough, man, to believe that he would go to this extent. And they're realizing now, man, that, hey, you know, this is not what we signed up for. You know, and this is what Jesus is telling them. You got to weigh the cost, you know. You're going to be hated. You, you know, you, you're going to suffer. <laughs> Anybody who try to live for me is going to suffer for my name's sake. And then in the book of Luke, chapter 10, verse 31, verse 32, the King James Bible says this. And by chance, there came down a certain priest that way where they were at. And when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. And likewise, a Levite, when he saw at the place, when he was at the place, came and looked on him and passed by on the other side. Now, notice the two people out of all the people that should have been the first ones to see the need and want to meet the need. If they were not selfish, uh, hypocrites, you know, Jesus called them vipers. They wanted to go, they seen the need of people. They saw people. They saw there were Samaritans around there, poor people, le people with leprosy, people with all kinds of social problems and issues and physical problems. And when they saw them, they felt like these people were unclean. They didn't want to be contaminated by it. They didn't want to touch them. So they would go all the way on the other side of the street just to avoid these people. And we know that there's a road called the Samaritan Way you know, that Jesus had to go straight to get to where he was going to the well, the, 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 you know, the minister of living water to the lady that was there who was a Samaritan. Mm -hmm. And what these people were, these were the people, these were the half-breed people, okay, that was born out of when the Lord told Sodom to go into the land and destroy all, everything that was there, and they didn't, but they brought back some of the people and made slaves out of them. And guess what? Some of them took, took them on as wives, and it produced a half-breed where they were not pure-breaded Jews. They called them Samaritans. But they were nevertheless still souls and still people. And it was a result of them not destroying that seed that, that, that the Lord had told them before. And so the Jews, now they were so upset and so mad with them because they had contaminated what they thought was the pure line. But you still got them with you now. Jesus said, hey, you, 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 you got, you're going to have them with you now. Poor going to be with you. You, you created, you produced them. And he's, you, he's talking about, you know, volumes of history, how they end up with that situation, that, that, that geographical situation. And long as they stayed out there in the caves, long as they stayed out there, man, away from society, from, from civilization, they were okay. They were not to have any contact with them because they were not a pure race of people. So they thought. But see, God don't look at this is this is what Peter struggled with, with that, that racism, that prejudice against certain people, primarily the Samaritans. Peter didn't say, I never touched anything, eat anything, you know, filthy in my life. But it wasn't what he was talking about. He was talking about letting them racial barriers down because those people got souls too. And Jesus demonstrated that when he went straight to the well, knowing that lady was gonna be there. The one that everybody had avoided and she had avoided everybody only came to that well at a certain time of the day. After the priests and the Levites, the, the, the so-called 
clean people of the society, the pure uh, race of people, and got water. She came to the well. After she hid out in the bushes and saw that they were gone, then she came. Now the well was put there for them. But these people had took everything that was given to them by their father. She knew her history. She knew what belonged to them, but to have access to it, she had to sneak to do it. She had to come out, you know, when there was nobody there to the well that her, that her father's them built. Okay, she knew her heritage. She knew how she ended up being where she was at, her people. That much she knew. But the Lord was not really interested in that history. He was interested in the fact that, hey, all life comes from God. All souls belong to God. Everybody's been given that inalienable right to the pursuit of happiness, life, and liberty. Free to come down here and get you some water. Free to have life, not out here hiding in the bushes and in caves. Free to have access to my healing, my plan of salvation, just like anybody else. They think they, they think they're serving the Messiah, but how can they? Look at what he's saying here. You know, like certain there came down a certain priest that way. Why? The way of where the Samaritans was at. You know, where the lepers hung out at, out there in the caves, out on the outskirts. Couldn't come in, didn't have access to the shops and the bakeries in the city. Couldn't come in and buy cheese. And they couldn't even go to the temples and worship God. You know? And this is at the hands of the priest now, who was supposed to have been welcoming to everybody. If anything, he should have been the one standing in the gap for the people. And then he goes on to say, and also when he saw him, he passed on the other side. And then likewise, the Levite did the same thing. Now, Levites are chosen people set aside to serve the priest and to serve everybody in the temples. They took care of preparing them you know, for the sacrifice and everything. They also provided the music. They were a chosen set-aside family of people to take care, sort of, like, sort of like ushers and deacons. But they were the Levites. They provided the music. They provided all the sacraments. They, they took care of the temple. They did all the work, the handiwork. They were, they were a, a set-aside chosen group of people just for that purpose. Total dedication, man, to the temple. And when he was at that place, came and looked on him and passed by on the other side. They see these people, man, any sick people, you know, they ain't want to touch them, didn't want to be touched by them, you know. They just crossed over from me, you know, mm -mm, not me, you know, not me. You see a little bit of that today when you see people, see homeless people on the street, they, they make a wide loop almost out in traffic, not to touch them. You know, some people will walk up and drop some money, and sometimes people just got $1,000 shoes and purses on Gucci purses and reach in their pocketbook, man, and get 50 cents and drop in the little cup like they're doing something. And some folks are killing them people. And uh, we go on here and look in the book of uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 12, King James Bible. It says, ye are not stricken in us, but ye are stricken or straightened in your own bowels. You know, and so he's telling you right there, man, you are not straightened in us or stricken in us or strained in us, straightening in us, but ye are straightened in your own bowels. In other words, you justifying what you do to yourself. You know, you ain't justifying what you should be doing by helping these people, showing compassion to them. See, that's that's the straight and narrow path right there. You know, you, 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 you're justifying and being right in your own mind. You're setting your own standards. But you're the priest now. You're the Levites now. You, 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 you're the ones who are supposed to know this stuff. 
perfected, know how to serve, know how to take care of, you know how to do the right thing. But you're justifying the reason you're not doing it in your own bowels, you know, your own, you, 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 you call it right, wrong and wrong, right. And right, wrong. And, you know, you, you, you're doing it your way. And you're justifying it. You're right in your own mind. You're right in your own choices, you know. But you're not looking at the people and letting that motivate you, you know. You know, you're not looking at them. You're not stating in us. In other words, this is how you prove that you know God, that you love God according to the scriptures. It's what you do to those people, to the least of them. Lord said, you do it also unto me. See, that's how God measures it. And when, and when we're doing that, that means that we're avoiding the potholes, the bump. We're going straight to our destination, pleasing Jesus in word and in deed, demonstrating that we love God because of how we love the brethren, how we respond to them. How do we say we do it? Love is that compassion that gives to the needs of others. Here, man, it's all about them. It ain't, it's, the, it's about that self. Self is still in there instead of God. If God is in your heart, he said, hey, people will know that you love the brethren based on what you do, how you treat your brothers, how you treat others, how you treat your family. And I'm just not talking about, you know, your biological family. Then he goes on to say in the book of Philippians, chapter 2, verse 21, the King James Bible, for all seek their own. There it is right there. Not the things which are Jesus Christ's. My God. That's very powerful. For all seek their own. All. Good God Almighty. Now he's talking to, to the priests, the Levites. He's talking to the, you know, to the Jews. He's talking to the saved here. He's talking to the unsaved here. He's talking to everybody. All seek their own. Not the things which are Jesus' crisis. And we know the things that, that are Jesus's. You know, Jesus died for everybody. So Jesus has no respect to person, you know. He don't look at how you dress and be impressed. He don't look at what you drive, you know. He don't look at what you live in, you know. The things of Jesus, man, are things that come down from God, things that are good, things that are honest, things that are pure, things that are lovely, things that are full of virtue, if there be any praise, you know, those things that come from above. That's why the scripture said we should think on those things that come from above over in the book of Philippians. Those are the things of Jesus. Righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost, trying to please him. Now we can be accepted of God and approved of men. Those spiritual fruit. You know, manifest in us so we can prove now by the fruit that the tree bears what kind of tree it is those are the things of Jesus Christ that make for for you know you, you can tell people all day long you love God and they'll probably remember 20% of what you tell them but they ain't gonna forget 80% of what you do and how you treat them that's just an old rule of thumb man it's so true carries so much weight you know, tell me what you tell me, but let me see what you do about what you tell me. Then I'll know who you are. And this is what he's saying now. For all seek their own. Mm-mm. How does that work? <laughs> yeah, I ain't getting my stuff done, people. Let them go get them a job. Let them get it the way I got it. And there's a mindset out there like that. 
So self-centered, can't get self out of the picture and let God reign. But we say we Christians. Well, let's move on here. We got one more scripture here, and then we're going to close for this morning. It's in the book of James, chapter 2, verse 16, the King James Bible. This is our last verse for this morning. We're still talking about selfishness, some examples of it, and we kind of looked at how to overcome it. And we're showing you right now how to overcome it based on what's written. And one of you say unto them, Depart in peace, be ye warmed and filled, with notwithstanding, ye give them not these things which are needful to the body. What doeth it profit? You know, there, there people have basic needs, fair sharing, water, shelter, food, clothing. So it's no big deal, you know, to, to, to help someone receive the basic things they need. That should, that should be a gimme. If you're naked, you clothe me. If I'm hungry, you feed me. And they say, the scriptures say, they say, well, how do we do these things? You know, same way you do yourself. The same thing that you do for yourself, it should be second nature to want to do that for someone else who's without that. If you call yourself a Christian, you know, we want to be as Jesus is, you know, today in the earth now. Because we are the personification of him. We're children of God. And the Bible said we shall be called peacemakers. So a lot of time when, 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 when people are expecting to be treated a certain way and we treat them the opposite way, the way we should treat them, it brings such peace and relief to those people. And there are people out there feel like sometimes nobody care about them. We ignore the needs of people. Sometimes people cannot help being homeless. It's just a misfortune that they fell into. And we can't judge and, and, and criticize them for that. You know, now there's some out there that purposely choose to be there, but still, they still deserve the basic rights, basic needs, you know, because they're going to become a problem for us that we don't try to help. And we're not going to be able to solve everybody's problem, but at least our heart should be in a place to, to want to show compassion and want to give to meet the needs of others. And, it is, and this is becoming more prominent and more obvious now in the land. If you have, haven't noticed, there's millions of people now, about 4 million people right now in Ukraine don't have no place to go. They've lost everything. Their homes have been bombed. They've been everything, everything. And what's misfortunate is I closed. This could have been us. And in some cases, it is us. There are natural disasters, pandemics, you know, wars going on right here in our continent of the United States, man, just leaving people homeless. Ridiculous inflation, prices, you know, you know, price gouging, jacking up prices on stuff, interest rates going out the roof, student loan debt all over the place. People got some, some major mountains now they're trying to climb. And it's taking a toll on people. You know, and so they're dealing with war, but we're dealing with a, with, a, with a different type of war right here. Our families. And the key is being anchored in God. Looking to him, the author and finish of our faith. You know, and when we do that and he help us, it's so that we can help others. We like to say free people, free people. Well, that's free people. Any act of love and compassion and kindness that you can do it. Don't even hesitate. Organizations out there now asking for support and help. Help them. Don't, don't go through. Do your little research. Find out about them, you know, and help them. Help people. The, the organization you can help through those organizations. It's about giving to the needs of others. So, Father, we thank you this morning. We praise you this morning. Thank you for your word this morning. Thank you, Lord God, this morning that you're showing us how we can overcome selfishness, Lord God, because pride leads to selfishness and selfishness leads to sin. 
And we don't want to sin against you. We want to sin against your people, sin against, Lord God, what we're supposed to be doing, your will, your commandments. So as we look to you this morning, we thank you for enlightening us. We thank you for instructing us. We thank you for helping us, Lord God. We don't want to be hypocrites, Lord God. We want, don't want to say one thing, but do something else, Lord God. We don't want to call a lie the truth and the truth a lie. We don't want to get caught up in conspiracy theories, Lord God. And so, Father, we want to be like you, God, because you said as you are, so are we supposed to be in the earth. Christ-like, Lord God, showing compassion, Lord God, through love, Lord God, and, and, and being able, Lord God, to give to the needs of others, Lord God. And so, Father, may we continue, Lord God, to walk this path, Lord God, that leads us straight to our destination, Lord God, is to one day be with you to receive our reward for the things that we have labored and loved to do while we're here on this earth to help our fellow man, God, in any way we can. We give you praise. Praise going on for it right now. Let this word now be rooted and grounded in us, Lord God, and help us, to, Lord God, to ward off any selfish intentions, notions that may try to show up, Lord God, as we mm -hmm. deal with these things, oh Lord God, that are becoming more, Lord God, than they were before, God. But Father, thank you for preparing and equipping us right now to walk in love and to show love to our fellow man. This way we prove and demonstrate that we know you, God. You're the center of our focus, and we give you all the praise and glory and honor right now. It's in Jesus' name we pray and offer this prayer to the God above who hears presence them and show us great and mighty things we continue to lift up the situation in ukraine we thank you for those that are opening their doors for those people to go into their homes and live they're showing those acts of kindness and love we give you all the praise to go front and i touch these governments god to do more than what they're doing is our prayer this morning in jesus name amen and amen all right we're going to go right to our comment time start with pastor sharon followed by pastor Eric, pastor phoebe and so on pastor sharon 